In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From the epistle, quote, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In the epistle, St. Paul tells us that our primary spiritual battle is not against visible enemies, things we can see. Our primary spiritual battle is against invisible spiritual enemies. Evil works in a way that reverses the sacramental principle. God gives us outward signs of inward graces. He uh, wants us to see him in the things he made, to see through the things he's made to the larger purpose and meaning of the creation. The demons hide within the material. They want us to think that what we see is all we get. Then they want us to pursue what we see as the goal of life. Then they want us to uh, begin to be despairing when those things we pursue as a goal of life eventually disappoint us. It's hard to talk about spiritual evil in our time because so many people don't believe in it. The modern world dismissed all spiritual things, telling us that rational people only believed in the things they could see. The postmodern world has led to a rebirth of the, quote, spiritual. But popular spirituality almost never talks about spiritual evil. There are always lots of angels, but there never seem to be any demons. The Bible and the Christian tradition give us the most plausible explanation for the origins of evil. Just as love is relational, so evil is relational. It results from rejected love. The God who is love desires to share his love with the creation, with creatures. That is why he made the world. But if you're going to have real love, those with whom you have a relationship of love must have the opportunity to say no to that love. Evil originated in one creature, an angel, who decided not to reciprocate the gift of life and love with love and faithfulness. He decided he would rather live on his own terms. And he convinced a bunch of other spiritual creatures to say no to God as well. The root of this rebellion is distrust. That is Satan's belief that God's plan for him in the world was not really what was best. So he decided he'd do it his way. This is the origin of all evil. The idea that my plan for my life and the world is better than God's plan. Often our plan, my plan, looks good and plausible. That evil does not always look evil. That's why evil is tempting. It just never works. It always hurts ourselves and others and causes more problems in the long run. There is literally no future in it. For the first humans, the choice not to love was represented by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God allowed this fallen angel dressed like a snake, to administer the test. And the serpent's question was aimed not at trees 
or at fruit, but at trust. Do you really believe what God is doing here with you is what is best? After all, the fruit of that tree looks really good. And wouldn't you really like to be wise? As is always the case with temptation, the reality proved to be less attractive than the advertisement. Disobedience led the first humans to feel guilty, ashamed, and afraid, and it alienated them from God. The goal of demonic temptation is always to separate us from God. Separation from God leaves us in an unprotected place where the devil may feed on us, making us slaves to behavioral patterns about which we feel guilty and ashamed, but from which we have no power to escape. Once we are separated from God, all we have are the various material things. So we cling to them tightly, even when they do not fulfill us. This is the natural state of fallen humanity. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ free us, save us from this state of alienation from God. Repentance and faith in Jesus lead to the forgiveness of our sins. The baptismal gift of the Holy Spirit restores us to union with God. We can now feed on the bread of life, which corresponds to the tree of life, from which the first humans were barred after the first sin. However, being restored to union with God does not free us from testing and temptation. In fact, testing and temptation are only for the elect, the chosen of God. If a person does not have faith, there is nothing to test. Such a person already lives in the world, in the realm of the evil one. Somewhere along the road of practicing faith in a consumer culture, the idea crept in, sort of like a snake, that faith in Jesus will free us from suffering, and that suffering is somehow a sign of God's disfavor or God's absence. However, if we actually read the Bible, we will discover a vastly different story. God actually put the tree in the garden and actually allowed the snake to come in and administer a test to the first humans. God led his chosen people, Israel, through 40 years of wilderness testing. God anointed his chosen king, David, and then tested David with seven years of running from King Saul, who did not want to give up the kingship. Then there is that most favored of Old Testament characters, Job, who suffered greatly precisely because he was righteous. All of this sets the table for our Lord, who is tested in the wilderness, who sweated great drops of blood in the garden, and who said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Bible teaches us 
that the devil is tempter and accuser. He administers the test of our faith. Then, when we don't do so well, he communicates to us our failing grade by way of guilt, shame, and fear. God allows the test, but God wants us to pass the test. He wants us to remain faithful. He wants to have deep and eternal relationships with us. And the only way to have that is for those relationships to be tested, to see if that is what we really want. In the words of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, to know what is in our hearts, whether we will keep his commandments or not. Temptation always offers us some form of immediate gratification or near-term gratification, a quick fix in exchange for unfaithfulness. God calls us to be faithful, to obey the commandments, and to wait for him to provide the genuine fulfillment he has for us in his good time. This requires that we trust God. Trusting God is precisely how we are saved by faith. The devil does not merely want us to sin. He wants to lead us into despair and hopelessness. The the unique goal of demonic temptation is that he wants us to give up our trust, our faith in God. This is why our perseverance must include perseverance in our confessions. It is not sin per se that keeps us from God. It is when we abandon the process of confession, forgiveness, and transformation. It is when we give up the struggle against sin. God is a loving and disciplining Father who wants us to learn and grow in holiness. The devil is a harsh and unforgiving judge. The epistle tells us to fight the spiritual battle by putting on the whole armor of God. If a soldier walks into a battle without any armor, he will not likely live very long. If we walk into our daily spiritual battle with our invisible enemies, unprotected, we will suffer many spiritual wounds. We stay armed and ready for the spiritual battle through the daily disciplines we practice in the life of prayer. Our Bible reading keeps us grounded in the truth and exposes the many lies we encounter each day. Our habits of prayer keep us close to God and help us grow in our capacity to trust him, to rely on him, to wait for him. Our confessions remove our sin, restore us to union with God, and replace guilt with the peace of God that passes all understanding. The good works we practice from faith guard our hearts and move the battle from defense into offense. 
and our close relationships we maintain within the body of Christ keep us from feelings of alienation and loneliness. It is always better to fight a battle with someone beside us than it is to fight a battle all alone. On the cross, Jesus, as Colossians says, quote, disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. On the cross, Jesus crushed the head of the serpent. As we live the life of prayer in Christ, in the communion of the saints, we share in that victory. As St. John writes, quote, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.